Okay, hallelujah. Let's see, I'll put this up here. Okay, so last four weeks we've been talking about Elijah. And before I go into Elisha, you know, the Father put it in my heart that we need to, I need to go over the basics with you on faith and who we are in Messiah and what our authority is in Messiah. Um, I mean, this is, these are things that I've been walking in for over, you know, 43 years. And, you know, I can't assume that you all know that, that you know, you know, what the word says about our authority and about standing in faith. And we're, again, we're studying about great men and women of God and why were they great? Because they knew how to believe God. We see Elijah, he walked in the power and the anointing of God. And we saw many miracles. And when you go to Elisha, he has double the miracles and double the power. You know, and we, again, the Bible says we have a better covenant. Why? Because it's, it's been sealed by the blood of Yeshua. We have, in the, in the Tanakh, the Ruach came upon certain people at certain times for God to do what he needed to do, you know, for Israel to minister to people. But now we have the Ruach HaKodesh within us. So how much more should we be tapping into what God has for us? And one of those things are, is our authority in Messiah over the enemy. Uh, Hebrews, or Messianic Jews 11, this is a complete Jewish Bible, verse 1. Trusting is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about things we do not see. It was for this that the scripture attested the merit of the people of old. And that's what we're studying about. We're studying about these great men and women of God who were obedient to God. And they were, you know, their life shined so brightly that God made sure that their life was recorded for us to learn from. Verse 6, And without trusting, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God because whoever approaches him must trust or believe that he does exist and that he becomes a rewarder to those who seek him. Again, uh, trusting is faith. Uh, faith, uh, trusting is really the, the Hebrew term for faith. It's a resting, it's assurance that what God said he's going to do. Okay? So when I was praying about you know, starting um, teaching on Elisha, you know, the, the Ruach just put it in my heart that, no, I need to teach about our authority in Messiah. Hallelujah. I just want to get this where I need to be. Okay. Now, I just want to go over just some, uh, some faith quotes. And, again, these are uh, from different sages and um, Jewish uh, teachers and then also, you know, what the scripture says. But again, faith, I don't, you know, whether you're Jewish, you know, or non-Jewish or whatever, if you're a believer, God expects you to walk by faith. It's not a suggestion. If you want to see anything done in your life, healing, deliverance, prosperity, you have to trust God that his word is true. And your faith is based on what his word says. And I tell you, I can attest to 43 years of serving him. He is faithful. Time and time again, he is blessed me, delivered me, you know, provided, you know, done exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And it doesn't mean that there weren't tests, you know, because every, every person, every, I don't care who you are, you're going to go through tests. You know, if anybody says, you know, living a life of faithfulness to God is easy and you're not going to go through tests, they're lying to you. Because you are going to go through tests, but that's so you can grow and you can see the mighty power of God at work within your life. Hallelujah. This place where we are is a result of faith and believing God. 
and trusting God that he was going to lead us to the right place for us. And we couldn't have asked for any place better except our own, you know, and that'll come down the road, you know, Baruch Hashem, if we're faithful. Hallelujah. But here, these are just some quotes. This is the Hophet Saim. With faith, there are no questions. Without faith, there are no answers. Faith never has a question mark. Okay, why? Because if your faith is based on the word and on his promises, there should be no question mark. Okay? Faith is not a series of theorems, but a way of life. That's Shamul Hugo Bergman. Again, it's a way of life. The Jewish people know this. It's a way of life. You know, again, it says that the only way to please God is by faith and trusting him. The world stands upon three things, Torah, worship, and loving deeds, uh, deeds per K of vote, one, two. The greater your need, the nearer is God, which is a Yiddish proverb. The end of faith is but the pursuit of good, Mishli Yahushua. Uh, this is a Hasidic proverb. God knows the best synagogue is the human heart. Amen. It says, the Bible says, we're the temple, the Ruach HaKodesh. That's why we need to guard our hearts, guard our, guard our minds, because the Ruach lives within us. You go, and we're living, you know, in a day where it's, you know, we really have to be careful about guarding our hearts and minds, especially with the Internet and all the garbage out there. We have to constantly be, you know, uh, not looking at things we shouldn't be looking at, not listening to things we shouldn't be looking at. Hebrews 10.38 says, The just shall live by faith. Again, Hebrews 11.6, it is impossible to please God without faith. And I gave you these handouts uh, before. Um, <clears throat> if you don't have them, I'll email them to you. But we're going to look at, again, the authority in Messiah. So we're going to go back to Genesis or Bereshit 1, verses 25 to 31. So let's go there. Hallelujah. God made each kind of wild beast and each kind of livestock and every kind of animal that crawls along the ground. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, excuse me, the animals, and over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and every living creature that crawls on the earth. Then God said, Here throughout the whole earth I am giving you as food every seed-bearing plant and every tree with seed-bearing fruit. And to every wild animal, bird in the air, and, cr and creature crawling on the earth in which there is a living soul, I am giving us food, every kind of green plant. And that is how it was. And God saw that everything that he had made indeed was very good. So there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So I just want to read you what the Hamash says uh, about um, this particular verse. It says, The climax of the physical creation is at hand. Animal life was created first, and then man. 
the being whose performance for good or ill would determine the destiny of the universe. This sequence implies that God was telling Adam, in effect, the complete world is now placed in your hands. Your task is to make it function properly. So God created the whole earth and gave man the authority. He was to, uh, you know, he have total authority over the earth and to make it function properly. But we know that what happened? He succumbed to the lies of the enemy. Just think what this world would have been like if he hadn't done it. If he hadn't, you know, listened to um, the lies of the enemy. Would have been a great different world, wouldn't it? Hallelujah, but there's a new world coming. So we see that God creates and delegates his authority to man. Look at Psalm 8, 3 to 9. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you concern yourself with them? Humans that you watch over them with such care. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You had him rule what your hands made, and you put everything under his feet. Sheep and oxen, all of them, also the animals in the wilds, the birds in the air and fish in the sea, whatever passes through the pass of the sea. Adonai, O Lord, how glorious is your name throughout the earth. So here, he gave man, Adam, again, total rule over this earth. This was his place to rule and reign. We see, and let's go to Genesis 3.6. Back to Bereshit 3.6. I'm going to be going through a lot of scriptures, so if you can't keep up, it's okay. I'll send you the notes. Hallelujah. Okay, let's begin with verse, we'll begin with verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animal which Adonai, God, had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you are not to eat from any tree in the garden? You know, his mode of operation hasn't changed. He always tries you to doubt what God says. The woman answered the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you are neither to eat from it or touch it, or you will die. Did God say you should not touch it? No. But see, Adam, Adam's the one who got the command. He passed it on to Eve. And now here Eve is adding something that God said, I didn't say anything about touching it, not touching it. I said, you weren't to eat from it. The serpent said to the woman, it is not true that you will surely die. Because God knows on the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it had a pleasing appearance, and that the tree was desirable for making one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig trees together to make themselves loincloths. Again, why? Because the minute they gave that authority over to Satan, again, Adam, that was his authority. The earth was his domain. God made him king of the earth to rule and reign. You know, and again, it's like he was standing there, so he was not deceived. Okay, and again, the minute um, that that happened, the glory, what clothed them, the glory of God was their clothes. 
They didn't see their nakedness because the glory of God covered them. Hallelujah. But the minute that glory left, the minute they gave handed over that authority and literally you know, committed high treason, that glory left and they saw their nakedness. I want to read you what the Hamash says about um, this as well. I didn't write it all. I'm just going to read it straight from the quote here. Let's see. For God knows the serpent used another ploy familiar to those who try to rationalize the Torah away. They contend that those who convey and interpret the law of God are motivated by a selfish desire to consolidate power in themselves. God did not prohibit this tree out of any concern for your lives. This is Satan speaking, their interpretation. But because he is aware that by eating from it, you will attain extra wisdom and become omniscient like him. Then you will be independent of him. This is our rush. Now, don't you think that God, I mean, Adam named all the animals. He had, you know, I believe 100% use of his mind. He was brilliant. He wasn't some Neanderthal caveman walking around going, ugh, fire. You know, he was brilliant. He had, he already had the wisdom of God. Why would God tell him to rule and reign without giving him wisdom to do it? Okay, but here we have, this is how the enemy twists the word. He twists what God says and he tries to make you. And again, he, he, he does the same thing now, makes you doubt that God is trying to keep something good from you. This is really small print, too. <laughs> the tempter did not explicitly tell the woman to eat the fruit, but he had enveloped her in this spell. She looked on the tree with a new longing. Its fruit was good to eat, a delight to the eyes, and would give her wisdom. You know, doesn't the enemy do that too? Oh, it won't hurt you to look up pornography. You know, it's not going to affect you. You can look at it just one time. You know, you can go to that, you know, that R-rated movie or that X-rated movie. It's not going to affect you. It's a lie of the enemy trying to suck you in to his web. That's why you need to know who you are, Messiah, and know who, what your authority is. Then she brought it to Adam and repeated everything the serpent had told her. He was uh, one with her and not blameless. He was not hopelessly tempted or unreasonably deceived and therefore liable to punishment with her. So again, Adam was not deceived. Again, they fell for the lies of the enemy. I mean, they walked with God. I mean, God fellowshiped with, fellowshiped with them every day. But, you know, the enemy is very slick. And don't, you know, don't think that he doesn't know what your weaknesses are, that he doesn't know what your, you know, your weak spots are. But when you know who you are a Messiah, you know, Yeshua says, I, you know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger, you will not follow. When you have the word in you and the enemy comes in with his lies, even if he tries to twist the word, you take authority over that in Yeshua's name. Where do you think all these cults come from? All these false religions. It's the enemy twisting the word. You know, a lot of your cults, they'll use scripture. But they have another book. Okay, that has greater value to them than the scripture. You know, the enemy is a liar and he's a deceiver, but God's already shown us that. It's not like we don't know how he operates. Again, you know, the same thing he did in the garden, he does today with people. He tries to lie to them and deceive them. He tries to steal your healing from you by saying, do you really think God wants you healed? 
Do you really think God wants you delivered? Do you really think God's going to provide for you? Yes, because God's word says that by his stripes I am healed, ha Satan, that, you know, that everything I had, my ancestors do prospers. We do exactly what Yeshua did when the enemy tried to tempt him at his weakest point. He quoted the Torah, the word, right back at him. Because what was the enemy doing? Twisting scripture. He goes, well, isn't it written? You know, again, you know, it's like we need to know what the word of God says. Go to Luke 4, verse 6. And that you have authority over him. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. And God, again, I was praying and just like last night, I was just sitting there, you know, just saying, well, should I go, you know, into... Uh, Elisha now, you know, though I had it all prepared and the Ruach just started stirring my heart. No, you need to teach them what my authority is. Because again, I've been walking in this for over 43 years. You know, but I still every day have to, you know, stand on the word and believe God. But I tell you one of the when I, you know, learned, I get you there's good things we learned in the churches. And one of the things I learned was who I was in Messiah and what it means to stand by faith and stand on his word and walk in the power of the Spirit. Again, it's not just the Torah, it's the whole world word of God. The Torah is the foundation that leads us to Messiah Yeshua, who is the living Torah, who has given us the Rakh HaKodesh in our lives. And we've got more than any, you know, anybody in the Tanakh even had. But what are we doing with it? Luke, chapter 4, verse 6. Let's begin with verse 1. Then Yeshua, filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, returned from the Yarden and was led by the Spirit of the Jordan. It was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days of testing by the adversary. During that time, he ate nothing, and afterwards he was hungry. Now, going 40 days without food is, I mean, I've never gone 40 days without food. I mean, I've done some fasting, but that's a supernatural fast, okay? At that point your body starts going into starvation mode. Your body starts feeding on itself to, to try to stay alive. The adversary said to him, this is what the enemy, he always comes to you at your weakest point, not when you're strongest. That's why we need to keep strong. We need to stay high on the word of God, that level in, in the word. He says, in here, okay, here's the enemy coming. The adversary took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, I will give you all this power and glory. It has been handed over to me. Was he lying? No, because Adam handed it over to him. Okay? HaSatan is known as the God of this world. And I can give it to whomever I choose. Why do you think people sell their souls to the devil? For temporary pleasure. I was uh, listening to something about Gaga. She was one of them that sold her soul to the devil. You know, and uh, again, for, and there's a lot of them that do it. He is real. You know, and don't think that, you know, he can't, you know, try to con people for something temporary, for, you know, temporary fame and fortune. That, you know, when you go, guess what? You ain't taking it with you. King Tut found that out. <laughs> so if you will worship me, it will all be yours. That is, that is his desire. That's why you have all these false religions. He wants the worship that God deserves, that God should get. Yeshua answered him, the Tanakh says, Worship Adonai, your God, and serve him only. Again, that's how we stand against the enemy, with the word, the same way Yeshua did. Then he took him to Jerusalem and said, him, set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, jump from here. For the Tanakh says, okay, here we go, the enemy quoting the word to him. 
He will order his angels to be responsible for you and protect you. They will support you with their hands so that they you will not hurt your feet on the stone. So he was trying to appeal to his pride. Well, you know, if you're really the son of God, if you jump off, nothing's going to happen to you. And he was being, Yeshua was being tested, okay, and proved. Yeshua answered him and said, It is also says, do not put Adonai, your God, to the test. When the adversary had ended all his testings, he left him alone until an opportune time. So here, if, if Yeshua, our Messiah himself, had to use the word to stand against the enemy, how much more do we need to use the word? Yeah, because he is going to come. So the, you know, Yeshua says the enemy comes for one thing, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. And I can testify of that. I mean, God, he has been so faithful to us. So, you know, it's a miracle after miracle, provision. Just, you know, and, and you know, once somebody was saying, in this class I was teaching, I'm going to start teaching. We had to push it back a little bit. But um, they said, well, how much do you want? I said, I don't do this for money. I said, you can, you know, just whatever God puts on your heart. Again, I don't teach the word for money. If you're teaching the word for money, guess what? You're not called. God takes care of me. God provides. Hallelujah. He is our provider. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Let's back up a little so we have more context to it. We'll begin with verse 1. God has shown us such mercy that we do not lose courage as we do the work he has given us. Indeed, we refuse to make use of shameful, underhanded methods employing deception or distorting God's message. The ones who do that are called wolves in sheep's clothing. They're called charlatans. Okay? On the contrary, by making very clear what the truth is, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So if indeed our good news is veiled, it is veiled only to those in the process of being lost. They do not come to trust because the God of the Olam Hazah, this world, has blinded their minds in order to prevent, prevent them from seeing the light shining from the good news about the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. So again, one of the ways to pray for our to pray for our loved ones that don't know Messiah yet, we pray, Father, you know, take the veil off their eyes, take that spiritual blindness, give them ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive. Again, we have to pray and intercede for them that their hearts will be ready. Father, send laborers across their path. Send people you know who they'll listen to. And as we're praying, God is sending the workers there to minister to them and share with them. Yes, somebody was praying for us. I had a grandmother praying for me. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. But I knew with the life I was living, I can't, in my, you know, I mean, I got saved before I was 21. You know, and I believe in, from my reading, the age of accountability is 20. I mean, God has mercy on young people. But that doesn't mean they can't come to the Lord. God had mercy on me because, you know, I knew what? I knew in my heart that I was, you know, I was living that if I kept this up, I was going to be dead. But God is so merciful, he kept on sending people across my path. The words of my grandmother kept on coming up in my spirit. You know, and again, God, you know, took that, that veil off of my eyes, and I just gave myself to him. Basically, my prayer is, you know, Father, if you can do something with this life, it's yours. And my life was changed. Why? Because a sincere heart. And I gave my heart to Yeshua. 
and I've been serving him ever since. And have there been tests? Oh, yeah. There have been tests. But you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. And God will never let you be tested beyond what you can endure. He always makes a way of escape. And what is that way of escape? Through faith and trust in him. Standing on his word. Again, we see that Yeshua was called the last Adam. He came to take back what Adam had given away. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, verses 45 to 47. In fact, the Tanakh says so. Adam, the first man, became a living human being, but the last Adam has become a life-giving spirit. Know, however, that the body from the spirit did not come first, but the ordinary uh, human one and the one from the spirit comes afterwards. The first man is from the earth made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Hallelujah. So again, he's called the second Adam. Yeshua passed the test. I mean, the enemy threw everything he had He at it. I mean, he had the authority to do it because Adam gave him the authority. Okay? The sacrifice. Go to Hebrews 2, verse 14. And we'll look at the New American Standard. Messianic scriptures. Hallelujah. Yeshua was the perfect sacrifice. You know, again, too, don't think that, you know, because somebody says they're messianic that they're telling you the truth. There's a lot of false teaching going on there within the messianic movement as well. Why? Because when the, whenever there's a move of God, the enemy comes in and he muddies the waters and he sends in wolves in sheep's clothing to deceive people. You know, there's people denying Messiah. There's people questioning the validity of the New Testament. And again, bad scholarship, you know, and, you know, uh, questioning, you know, the, the, the scriptures in, in Greek and everything. I mean, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. You know, and yet and start pointing down, and then they get on Facebook, and they start writing all this stuff, and, you know, people get sucked right into it. You know, I would say, who, who's your authority? Who are you under? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you study? Are you a part of a congregation? And most of the times, these people aren't. They're, they're lone rangers. They're lone wolves. And people get sucked into it because, after all, if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true. If they got a web page, it's got to be, they've got to be called. Again, you need to use the wisdom. We need to know what the Word of God says. There's a lot of good teachers out there, but I've been around long enough that every move of God, the enemy comes in, again, to, to muddy the waters and to get people away from the purpose that God called them to. Hebrews 2:14. And the minute somebody starts, you know, the minute I see somebody posting something and they make uh, a remark about the rock Hakodesh, you know, a negative, or they start coming, you know, saying Yeshua was just a man, it's like goodbye. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a liar. That's right. And start putting doubt in the word. You're a liar. Get yes. thee behind me, Satan. Yes. But if you if you don't know who you are and you don't know the word, you're like. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, I wonder if he really is the Messiah. 
You know, so instead of being a Berean, like the word says, and going to the word and seeking the word out and seeing what the word he has to say, they get sucked into these lies. Why? Because they don't know who they are in Messiah. They don't know who their authority is and they don't know the word. That's why you're so strong. It's like you cannot live on just what you get on Shabbat. You have to feed yourself every single day. Do you eat once a week physical food? No, you have to eat every single day. You have to feed your body every single day. You need to feed yourself the word every single day. Again, that's why you have, read through the scriptures. And you're going to be surprised how many times you read, God will pop up a verse and it will just minister to your heart and just, you know, minister to you. Hebrews 2.14. Since then the children share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise also partook of the same, and through faith he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, Hasetan. Yeshua rendered him powerless. He is Yahweh in the flesh. Hallelujah. Go to Philippians 2.8. And yes, he walked this, this earth as a man. And he, it says that he, you know, he went through every test and trial and temptation, but never sinned. He is a perfect example of walking out the Torah, of walking in obedience. Says, I only say what the Father tells me to say. Submitting himself. Says he, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Talking about Yeshua. Philippians 2. Did I say Philippians 2.8? Yeah. Hallelujah. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, or um, the complete Jewish Bible calls it the execution stake. Therefore, God has only exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under in the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is master to the glory of Yahweh the Father. Hallelujah. You know, even in the, in the um, Yom Kippur service, it talks about that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Yahweh is Elohim. And here it's, it's, it's saying that same thing. Yeshua is Yahweh. You, you may not want to confess Yeshua now, but guess what? Every tongue is going to confess who he is. Mm-hmm. Every tongue, every person on this earth is going to have to bow their knees to him. Even the atheists. They're going to have to bow their knees to him. Go to John 10.18. Let's begin verse 16. And I have other sheep which are not of this fold, and must bring them also, that they, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from the Father. Again, Yeshua knew what his mission was. You know, so stop blaming the Jewish people for killing Yeshua. He says, I'm laying my, my life down. Nobody can take it from me. And guess what? 
I think Romans were putting nails in him too, were whipping him and beating him. So again, he, but Yeshua came here, why? To die for our sins. Okay, but it's not a blanket, okay, you don't have to repent. No, you have to repent and come to him and receive that redemption. And when you do, you get all the blessings that come along with it. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we may become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. He took our sin. He, you know, what was nailed to the tree was the condemnation, the certificate of death, not the Torah. He says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. It was a, the great exchange so we can become the righteousness of God in him. Go to Isaiah 52, 14. Begin verse 13. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was so marred more than any man, and his form more than any sons of man. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. And what had not been told them, they will see, and what they had not heard, they will understand. Go to Galatians three thirteen and 14. Messiah redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay, right here, people, they, uh, they, they misinterpret that. See, the law is a curse. God redeemed us from the law. No, the curse of the law, Deuteronomy 28. If you obey me, these are the blessings. If you disobey me, these are the curses. He redeemed us from the curses for not being obedient to him like we should. He didn't redeem us from his teachings and instructions. He redeemed us from the curse, the condemnation, the guilt, the death sentence that was upon us. Go on. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Messiah Yeshua the blessings of Abraham may come to the Gentiles so they may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. God's plan was always to bring in the nations. God's plan for Israel was always to bring in the nations, to be a light to the nations. Anybody, anybody from any pagan land, if they repented and they put their faith in the God of Abraham, they were grafted in and considered a part of Israel. Look at Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess, yet we, they, we celebrate her life, you know, uh, again during Sukkot, the book of Ruth. She's in the lineage of Messiah. She is a grandmother of King David. Hallelujah. God's plan was always to save. The, the call of Israel, he, he had a set aside of people. Why? Because Adam's line became corrupt. Okay? And through that... Through that line, we see up to Noah that the world became so corrupt that God had to destroy it except for Noah and his family. And for 120 years, he built that ark. He was preaching repentance. 
Anybody at any time could have said, hey, no, you got room in that ark? You know, I repent, but nobody did. Can you imagine that? They thought he was a joke. Well, guess what? Guess who had the last laugh? <laughs> through, then through Noah, he had three sons. You know, Shem, Japheth, and uh, Shem. Okay, if it was through Shem, now he narrowed the line down to Shem. It's through Shem that the righteous line would come. Then he narrowed it down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the nation Israel. Okay, to be a light, to be a people that we're going to carry forth his Torah, his teachings, instructions in this world. You know, just because the, the you know, at the, uh, Adam gave authority to Hasatan, that doesn't mean God can't do what he wants to do in this earth. He's still God. Okay? But we still have to use the authority that God has given us to use. Not just sit back and just say, okay, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. It's like, no, he says, you go into the world now. He goes, I've endued you with power. I've given you power. You go lay hands on the sick. You cast out demons. You do what I'm doing. He says, greater works will you do because I'm going to be with the Father. How come we haven't done it? That's right. He says, I've given you the authority. I've given you the power. But we're just waiting, you know, for the rapture to come. We're just waiting for, you know, Jesus to come and get us out of here. Why people are dying and going to hell. Why we're not using our authority. Why we're letting the enemy beat us up. When he's already lost the fight. The word says he is under our feet. And we are in Messiah. Again, you can't defeat the enemy in any name but the name of Yeshua. That is the power and authority. He says, you go in my name. So when you lay hands on people, it's in the name of Yeshua. When you cast out demons, it's in the name of Yeshua. Let's go to, let's go next. Hallelujah. The new creation, 1 Timothy 3.16. The 2 Corinthians says, If any man is in Messiah, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. Do not let the enemy condemn you with your past. Because as far as God is concerned, you are a new creature. You are a new creation in him. Oh, yeah, he'll come by and he'll try to condemn you. Well, remember what you did? You know, remember what you said, you know, 50 years ago or 20 years ago? I don't know who you're talking about. That person's dead. I don't have a clue who you're talking about. Why? Because when you're a Messiah, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away and all has become new. 1 Timothy 3.16. And by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, beheld by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Again, referring to Yeshua. Go to Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, in many portions and in many ways. Again, we just spent time looking at the prophet Elijah, and we're still going to look at a lot more of them. In these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. 
Hallelujah. Having become as much better than angels as he has inherited a more excellent name that, than they. Hallelujah. Go to uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 9. But we do not see him who has been made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Yeshua, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he may taste death for everyone. For it is fitting for him in whom are all things and through whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call him brethren, saying, I will proclaim thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation, I will sing thy praise, and again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God has given me. Go to uh, Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. I want to read from the complete Jewish Bible. And this is actually uh, a prayer. I have not stopped giving thanks for you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, the glorious Father, to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will have full knowledge of him. I pray that he will give light to the eyes of your hearts so that you will understand the hope to which he has called you, what rich glories there are in the inheritance he has promised his people. And how surpassingly great is his power working in us who trust him. It works with the same mighty strength he used when he worked in the Messiah to raise him from the dead and seat him at the right hand in heaven. Far above every ruler, authority, power, dominion, or any other name that can be named either in the Olam Hazeh or in the Olam Haba. Also, he has put all things under his feet. And those that, I mean, I taught a long time on the Alam Haseya, Alam Habasi. You should know what I'm talking about. This present age and the world to come. And also, he has put all things under his feet and made him head over everything for the messianic community, which is his body, the full expression of him who fills all creation. If everything is under his feet, guess what? You are a Messiah, the enemy is under your feet. He can only do what you allow him to do. You know, first uh, thing James says that he, ro- he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Why? He's looking for a weak link. He's looking for somebody who's got their guard down. Go to two of Ephesians 2, verse 5. Let's begin with verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy and loves us with, with such intense love that even when we were dead because of our acts of disobedience, he brought us to life along with the Messiah. It is by grace you have been delivered. That is, God raised up with Messiah Yeshua and seated, seated us with him in heaven in order to exhibit the ages to come, how infinitely rich is his grace, how great is his kindness towards us who are united with the Messiah Yeshua. Again, when Yeshua died, God saw you die. When Yeshua was buried, you were buried with him. When he was raised, you were raised with him. Hallelujah. That's called our identification in Messiah. 
How everything he's going to do has been done. You just need to take hold of it. Yeshua gained authority over Hasatan's kingdom and is exercising that authority through believers. The image of Elohim. Again, man is made in the image of Elohim. Go back to Genesis 1, verse 26. He restored in those who put faith in him the same authority that God had given Adam. But now even greater authority because we walk in the power and the anointing of the Ruach HaGodesh in the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So again, God created the earth for man to rule and reign over. Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews 1.3. And yes, the enemy has corrupted it, but that shouldn't stop us from doing what God's called us to do. Again, uh, the rabbis you know, said... That God get it was Adam's task to make it function properly. It's our task to see that the will of God gets done in the earth. It's our task to make sure that we preach the gospel, that we do what Yeshua told us to do: to lay hands on the sick, you know, to preach the gospel, to cast out demons, to you know, why? Because people are hungry for the power of God. You don't think the enemy is out there deceiving people left and right, especially young people? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. We need to pray for holy boldness. A lot of times we don't do what God's called us to do because we don't believe God. That's what it boils down to. Well, God, I wonder if I pray for that person and he dies. It's in God's hands. God says to lay hands. Our, when I pray for somebody, I'm praying that they're going to live. I'm praying that they're going to be healed. You know what? If, if you don't have the faith to believe you know, if I need prayer, I'm going to be healed, and don't pray for me. I'd rather have one person pray for me that believes the word than ten people say, well, you know, if he's lived a long life, maybe his, their time is up. You know, uh-uh, I'm standing on the word. Hallelujah. Still got work to do. That's why the enemy wants us out of commission. Where am I? Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3. And he, again, he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Yeshua said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what the Father's like? Look at me. Again, he, he says everything the Father. He was the exact rep, you know, representation of the Father. Yeshua never did anything that was against God's will. So obviously healing is God's will because Yeshua went about healing all that were sick and oppressed of the enemy. The only place he could not do healing was those who would not believe him, who looked at, you know, would not receive and believe that, you know, who he was. And that was where? In his own hometown. You know, sometimes your own family is the toughest ones to, to minister to. Because, well, we knew you. We, you know, we knew you growing up. You're Joseph's son. You're the carpenter's son. Romans 8.29. Same with your family. Oh, now you know... You know, I know I've had, you know, <laughs> we know what you were like before. You know, you'd say, yeah, oh, now you're holy rolling out, but we knew who you were like before. Well, you know what? That person's dead. Oh, yeah, I knew what I was like before, too. 
But if any man is in Messiah, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. Hallelujah. Romans 8.29 For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Hallelujah. And this is my favorite, this, this is like, everybody kind of has a special verse in the Bible that really ministers to him. Well, this verse, when I was first saved, the enemy really came at me. I mean, I didn't know anything about deliverance. I needed deliverance, but I didn't know it. I was just like, you know, he says, you know, what makes you think God loves you? With all you did, you really think you're saved? I mean, actually tormenting me. I would sit in church, and everybody would be worshiping God. Oh, did you feel that anointing? And I'd be like being bombarded by the enemy, you know, and just like, no, I didn't feel it. You know, I just had so much stuff going on that I didn't know. Again, I, I needed deliverance, and he had me convinced that there's no way that God loved me. I mean, really convinced that, you know what, how could God love me? And that, that, that night, I said, you know, if God, if you don't love me, then I don't want to live. And I've said, I've had, these are one of the visions I've had. I've only had a couple, but it was really a mercy, a mercy visit, because I was to the point where I thought I was going out of my mind. I thought that God didn't love me. And before I went to bed, he gave me this scripture. He not only gave me this scripture, I also had a vision of Yeshua. And he just, again, he just appeared to me for a second, but I thought my heart was going to come right out of my chest. And all he said to me was, Deborah, I love you. Without speaking a word, just his heart to my heart. Again, that was a, that was a mercy visit because I was just like ready to, you know, I don't know what I was going to do. And then he gave me the scripture. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered us up for us all, will he not also give us, with him freely give us all things? He's already given us the best. What will bring, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Messiah Yeshua is the one who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Yeshua is constantly interceding. Why? Because he knows the warfare we're in. He can see what we can't see. That was, the, you know, that was the job of the high priest, the whole the Kohen Kadal, was to intercede for Israel and stand in the gap for them. And he is acting as a Kohen Agadol, standing in the gap for his people. Who shall separate us from the love of Messiah? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we are overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, I think it's pretty much covering everything, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Messiah Yeshua, our master. That settled it for me. Again, the word. God gave me the word. He knew what I needed. And I was a new believer. I didn't know where to find stuff in the Bible. But God led me right to that scripture and let me know how much he loves me. Why? Because the enemy's a liar. 
and he'll try to bring condemnation under you. But, you know, Yeshua has defeated him. All he can do is lie to you. And you say, it is written, Satan. This is what God's word says. Now get out of here in Yeshua's name. Fear comes on, fear you go in the name of Yeshua. Even the great men of God, Enoch or Elijah, you know, when he just got through, you know, defeating the prophets of Baal, sly, you know, killing all these false prophets. You know, he had a mighty victor. He's a mighty man of God. Yet when Jezebel, who was demon-possessed, you know, said, I'm going to kill you. You know, he says, just as you did to them, I'm, you know, I'm swearing to you that I'm going to take your life and kill you. He was in fear. He ran in fear, and God had to comfort him and encourage him. Why? Because you tell you what, when you have your greatest victory, that's when the enemy comes in to try to, to steal your joy, steal your victory. And that's when you need to stand in the word. You know, when I get attacked the most is when I come back home from Shabbat service. I have to build myself. Why? Because I'm giving out and I'm giving out and I'm giving out in the spirit so you can be ministered to. Again, these, these Shabbat services, you know, God is speaking to you. This is just for you. For his people, because he knows what you need. He knows what you need to be built up. He knows what you need to be encouraged. But you've got the authority and the power and the name of Yeshua. It says we are the righteousness of God in him. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I think I read that already, but we'll go there again. You know, when you look at your bills and you wonder, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, and it's just, you know, Father, I thank you for your word. Father, your word says that if I tithe, if I give, that you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. I don't know how it's going to be done, but you are faithful. You know what? God is faithful time and time again. You know, somebody said, you know, God is never late, but sometimes he's last minute. You know, but you know, he's always there. You know, when you don't know where your food's going to come from sometimes, you trust God. You know, God sent a raven to steal the food from, from Ahab's table to make sure that Elijah got fed. We can't limit God. If God could pour down manna in the wilderness so his people would eat, do you think that he can't miraculously provide for us? Put it on somebody's heart. You know, God, put it in my heart to, to bring you food. Not even with having to ask somebody. You know, God put it in my heart just to bless you with this. That's God. We need to be sensitive. We need to continually be sensitive to the needs of our brothers and sisters. You know, it's not all about me, 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 me. You know how you get blessed? By giving. You give and you give and God says, you know, give good measure, you know, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Men will give unto your bosom. As you give, God will bless you back. This isn't a selfish walk. This is a walk where we die to ourselves. This is a walk of obedience. This is a walk of looking out for one another, for each other's needs, not condemning one another. You know, if we see that somebody's in sin or they're from away from God, we need to, again, we need to, to reprove them and correct them. But, you know, pray them back. God is in the, in the job of restoration. God wants to restore people into relationship with him. God doesn't rejoice when people reject him. God doesn't rejoice when people walk away from him. It breaks his heart. God doesn't rejoice that people are going to hell. Why? Because he's already made a way from them for them to be saved and redeemed. But, you know, he gave us free will. He gave us a choice. And every day we have a choice, even as believers. Are we going to believe him or aren't we going to believe him? Are we going to stand on his word no matter what it looks like? Are we going to be faithful even unto death? You know, we're, again, we haven't faced that, a lot of us, yet, what other countries are facing. But I believe that when you're faithful, God will give you the strength to do, do or go through whatever you, need, you, you go through, because he is faithful. 
Go to Romans 5.17 again. But when it comes to the enemy, again, lying to you and trying to put sickness and disease on you, you need to stand on the word. When he's trying to, you know, to attack your family or try to, you know, discourage you and what God's called you to do, you need to stand on the word. You need to take authority over him. When he tries to bring night terrors on you, has anybody ever had the enemy attack you at night? That's when you're at your weakest point. You know, I've had him, you know, attack me with dreams where, I mean, my whole body, that fear, it was just like, I, you know, I mean, it was a horrible, you know, that spirit of fear. Amen. And I say, in the name, the only thing I say, in Yeshua's name, and it leaves. Amen. That's in right. Yeshua's name, in Yeshua's name. Because, you know, the enemy's a coward. He always tries to attack you with your weakest. Mm-hmm. So before you go to bed, Father, I thank you. You know, say the Shema, but Father, I thank you that your angels are camp around about me, that you protect my dreams. That, you know, the, the blood of Yeshua, you know, covers me. And, again, when the enemy tries to attack you at night, you know, there's, you know, sometimes, again, there's manifestations will come. And the only thing you can sometimes say is, Yeshua, that's the only word, you know, that's the only word you need coming out of your mouth. Because it's the name of Yeshua. The enemy has to flee. Hallelujah. You need to know who you are in Messiah. Romans 5.17 for if by the transgression of one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace of the gift of righteousness will reign through one, Messiah Yeshua. Again, through Adam's uh, sin, that sin passed on to every person that was, that's been born. But Yeshua says how much greater what Yeshua did. Again, that when you come to him, that generation, you have authority over that generational curses to break, to be broken. You have authority, you know, over all the power of the enemy who would try to come against you and lie to you. The Bible says we are created in right in his image, we are in right standing, Ephesians 3.15. And I know I've given you sheets before, scriptures talking about who we are in Messiah, what he has done for us. You need to meditate on those scriptures. You need to, to read them. I like writing them down on cards, you know, and then I, I look through the cards and I just, you know, think, you know, think of what the word is saying to me again this is god's word speaking to you and god is so awesome how many times have you needed god to speak to your heart and he gave you a scripture and it was just what you needed it's god speaking to you how i mean our god we need to stop putting god in the box you know just we think just because we can't do something that god can't he's a creator of the universe he created man from the dust of the earth you know there's i said most important scripture, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Why? Because he is establishing right there and then that he's the boss. He's the creator. He created us. We didn't create him. The only thing people create are false gods and false religions. Ephesians 3.15. Why? Because every, every false religion... Every religion that denies the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is just Hasetan's way of trying to get worship for himself. I don't care what name you put on it, whether it's, you know, Buddhism or, you know, all these other, you know, 50,000 bazillion religions. It's just the enemy trying to get worship for himself, and he'll use any way he can. But there's only one God, you know, and some people say, well, you know, the God of Islam, it's the same God as the God of Israel. No, it's not. Because if it was, the Quran would be saying the exact same thing. And it says the exact opposite. So how can it be the same God? How can God, if they're serving the same God, how can he be saying two different things? 
How come the Quran is saying Ishmael is the promised one, but God's Torah says, no, it's Isaac. So obviously it's not the same God. Because if it was, he'd be saying the same thing, wouldn't he? That's how easily people get are deceived. This is, again, this is the filter through everything has to go. This is word. And we need to hide that word. I can't hide the word in your heart. Only you can do that. I can share with you, I can teach you, I can give you what God's given me to give you, but every single one of us have the responsibility to do, to, to study the word and to do the word and to be obedient to the word. Now, how many times, you know, I know you're in college, you know, and your, your work or wherever you're in, you come up against, you know, I don't know how many times where I came against a problem where I just, even when I was doing my studies and stuff, it was like, you know, I, sometimes I was ready to pull my hair out of my head. It's like, I don't get this. I'm going crazy. I was in tears sometimes because I was, you know, doing some Talmud studies. And I, and I said, this doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> you know. But I just got quiet before the Lord. And he started speaking my voice. He's speaking to me and giving me the wisdom to deal with it. And any situation in school, if you don't know how to handle something, go before God. He will give you the wisdom and the direction. At work, when I was you know, working in my secular job, I worked in insurance for many, 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 many years. And I'd come up against a problem. And I thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I would just start praying in the spirit and just getting before God. And with, he gave me the knowledge of what to do and how to do it. It came, the wisdom and how to deal with. He is with us wherever we are, wherever problem. Again, he walks with us. He is there in our jobs. He is there with us at school. He's just waiting for you to ask him. He says, you know, he's given us that wisdom. Again, do you think he would tell Adam to rule and reign on the earth and not give him the wisdom to do it? Yet the enemy lies to him. Well, God's trying to hold something from you. No, he's not. God's given you everything that you need for life and godliness in this world. Go to Mark 15 to 20, and then we're going uh, to end here. Uh, I'm going to read from Complete Jewish Bible. Mark 16. You know, and if God's called you to do it, he will, whatever you're called to do, if God's called you, he'll give you the wisdom and the direction and how to do it. You think I could do what I'm doing without his wisdom and direction? No way. <laughs> no way. Hallelujah. I thank God that I can go to my father. Okay, show me what to do. You know, the first Chicago Restoration Conference we had, I had done little singles conferences and dinners or maybe like a hundred you know 50 people 100 people but when the lord put on my heart to do this conference in chicago i never did a big conference you know large scale conference and i was like okay father show me what to do and he just gave me the wisdom and the direction we had the first conference we had like about 350 people everything went like clockwork the you know the the rooms the speakers everything that was god you know, if I leaned on my own understanding, there's no way I would have done it. And even the speakers would come to us and they said, you know, there's something different about your conferences. There's such a spirit of love. Why? Because I prayed to God that there would be a spirit of love in this place. You know, and to, again, when God calls you to do something, he'll give you the ability to do it and the wisdom to do it and the direction to do it. Same thing, you know, for this ministry and everything. I get before God and he has God's direction because I know if I get in the flesh, it's not going to be blessed. 
But if I walk in obedience to him, he's going to show me and give me direction on how to do it, what to speak, what to teach, what his vision is. Again, his vision, not my vision, what his vision is for, for this congregation, for this area. Again, we're only one little spot in the body of Messiah, but we've got a job to do. Every cell in your body has a function. There's not one you know, useless piece in your body. And, you know, like I said before, a lot of times people think, oh, you know, I don't have a, you know, look at that guy. He's got like a worldwide ministry, you know, because people see, you know, they they have more problems. Just like we see the, the hands and the legs and it seems like, wow, they're the most important. No, they're not. You can live without an arm. You can live without legs. But you can't live without a heart. If your organs mis- malfunction, you're going to get sick. If your thyroid isn't working, you're going to get sick. If the cells in your body aren't working properly, again, sometimes the most important things are what can't be seen. One of the most important ministries in the body of Messiah is intercession. Yet there's hardly any intercessors interceding and and standing and praying for those in leadership, praying for the body and interceding. That's where the warfare is. They, They don't get any glory. Nobody even knows what they're doing, what God does. Hallelujah. And that has to be our motive again. You know, Yeshua said, let's go again, 16, 15 to 20. Mark 16, 15 to 20. Then he said to them, as you go throughout the world, proclaim the good news to all creation. Whoever trusts and is immersed or believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not trust will be condemned. Again, the only way you can be saved is through faith. Not from works of being a good person. You know, that's why I have to laugh when people say, well, the only commandment God gives us is to love people. We don't have to, any of the commandments don't matter anymore, just to love people. Oh, really? I know a lot of ungodly people that love people and are headed for hell. Again, love is based on his word. Love is based on obedience. Yeshua says, if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. Yes, love is important because if you are loving you know, loving God, it says you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When you do that, you're going to want to keep the Torah. You're going to want to keep the Ten Commandments. You're going to want to do what pleases God and walk in a way that pleases Him and obedient to that call. Again, I'm not looking for loopholes in the law. It's like, Father, what can I do to serve you? I want my life, I know we all, we want our lives to count. You know, to count before him. We want, when we leave this life, know that there's people that have been affected and blessed and more important, added into the kingdom. We're praying now, Father, show us how to do more outreach. How do we reach reach out to people and bring them to Messiah, especially our Jewish brothers, as the gospel says, to the Jew first. Yet we've forgotten that. Then he said to him, as you go all throughout the world, proclaim the good news to all creation. This is Yeshua. Whoever trusts and is immersed will be saved. Whoever does not trust will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who trust or those who believe in my name, the name of Yeshua. They will drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues, not be injured if they handle snakes or drink poison. That doesn't mean you purposely go and grab a rattlesnake just to prove the words right or drink poison. I mean, it's stupidity. But if, it's, if it happens accidentally, God will protect you. And heal the sick by laying hands on them. 
So again, that was his last words. Do you think if, if the, tor- you know, the last words somebody says before they go are the most important things that they want to pass on, that instruction? Here he's saying, now you go. He says in Acts chapter 2, I've endued you with power, so you go now in my name. You are walking, you are walking in my authority upon the earth. Look at how the disciples turned the world around, the first Talmudim. I mean, they shook their world for Yeshua. You know, and they were living again. Study Roman history. They weren't living in, you know, in a with a, a godly person in control. They were living under Nero and Dominion, some of the worst, most blood uh, Caligula, some of the most bloodthirsty uh, leaders. That would, I mean, they were burning people at the stake, feeding them to lions for entertainment. That was their entertainment. You know, the arena, the gladiators. Yet they shook their world. They knew why in the power and authority. And I can go on, on and on. Peter, when they, saw, when they saw the man that was crippled and needed healing, is silver and gold do I, I don't have, but in the name of Yeshua, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walk. walked. Why? Because they knew who they were in Messiah. We have his name and his authority. Again, I already read Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. Uh, John 16:23. Let's go there and uh, okay. So you have to grow in your capacity for the word too. You know, the more the more you grow in your capacity of word, you could sit and listen to somebody for teaching for two or three hours. When we went to that leadership conference, we sat for 16 hours with maybe a 10-minute break in between. But you know what? It didn't seem like it because we were hungry. We wanted to, to learn. You know, when you come here, it's like, you know, as, as I'm teaching, the Ruach is pulling. He's ministering to you. He's, he's sharing this way. God wants you to know this. You have, because you are in Messiah, I don't care who you are, how old you are, how young you are, you have authority in him to change this world. You have authority. He says, go lay hands on the sick, cast out demons. You don't have to be afraid of demons. John 16, 23. And in that day, you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. We pray to the Father in the name of Yeshua. In the name, when you pray, when you pray or speak in the name of somebody, you are praying, you are speaking their authority. That's why the rabbis, when you read the Talmud and stuff, they'll say, oh, in the name of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. They're quoting based on their authority. Again, Yeshua never quoted on somebody else's authority. That's why it said they were amazed because he spoke on his own authority. Now we speak on the authority of Yeshua and what we say, we go to the Father, we go to the Father in Yeshua's name. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy be made full. God wants your joy to be made full. We should be the happiest people on the earth. And happiness has nothing to do with circumstances. Joy has nothing to do with circumstances. It has everything to do with your relationship with the Father. Know that he is watching over you. Just one last scripture, Mark 11, 23 and 24. with verse 22. 
And Yeshua answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. So if we go up previously, we see that he's, you know, already he's cleansed the temple, uh, getting rid of the, the money cha- changers and correcting them. Um, but here he goes to say, Truly I say to you, whoever says, well, let's go back a little bit. Um, prior to that, in um, verse, let's see, recurse the fig tree. Let's see. Uh, uh, verse 13. So here he, he entered into Jerusalem, he went to the temple. Verse 13, and seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he answered and said to them, May no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples were listening. So let's go down to verse 20. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered up from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which you cursed has been withered. And Yeshua answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted to you. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. So here Yeshua said, he had no doubt when he spoke to that fig tree that it was going to shrivel up. He says, again, the same thing. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you speak, you shall have whatever you say. You want to say, oh, okay, well, I'm confessing for a million dollars. No, you've got to have the faith to believe. God's not going to, you know, if you need a million dollars to do his work, he'll provide it. But if you're just being greedy, it's like, no, again, God knows our heart. Okay, let's tell you, out of a pure heart, if we believe in our heart, we believe what God's word says. Again, when I'm praying for somebody, and, you know, I believe in God, that, you know, when you say, you know, Rabbi, agree with prayer with me, I'm going to agree in prayer with you if, if I know it's within the will of God. You know what, God, what's the will of God? He knows you need your needs met. He knows you need your school bills paid, your house bills paid. He knows you need a home. So when, when you come to me for agreement, I'm praying for you in agreement. Once I know the situation, again, then we, our agreement is what? Based upon the word of God. Okay? But you don't have to always be, come to me. You can stand, you know, hey, God, Father, your word says this. I'm standing on your word. I believe your word. And if you need agreement, then you find somebody who believes the word as well to come into agreement with you. You know, how many times they say, well, will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll pray for you. And they never pray for you. It's like, no, when, you, when somebody asks you for prayer, don't tell them you're going to pray for them if you're not going to pray for them. And when you pray, pray in faith, believing God that he's going to move on their behalf. You know, there's some situations we don't know what God's will is. And, you know, I'll pray, Father, you know, let your perfect will be done. But we know healing is his word. We know that having our needs met is his will. You know, so we can stand in faith when we have his word on it. We know it's God's will for people to be delivered. Why would Yeshua tell us to go pray for people if it wasn't his will? Why did he pray for people if it wasn't God's will? Because it was God's will. 
as part of the covenant. That was part of Israel's covenant was healing and deliverance when they walked with God. So we have authority in his name. Elijah knew that authority. He wasn't walking in his own power. He was anointed by the Ruach HaKodesh to do what he needed to do. And he had total faith in God that God would take care of him and God would stand behind his words. And the same thing for Elijah. And again, as we study these, these men and women God, they are in Hebrews 11 because of faith, because they trusted God. Hallelujah. Alvina Mokano, our Father, our King. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are watching over your word to, to perform it in our lives. Father, we, may we cry, as, as, the, as the psalmist said, Father, how much that, that we, we love your word. We love your Torah, Father. That we hunger, Father, that it is more precious to us than gold, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Father, that we would hide that word in our heart, that we would believe and trust you, Father, because you are our loving Father, and you said that you would meet all our needs according to your riches and glory. You said all the promises of God are yea and amen in Messiah Yeshua. I thank you, Father, for the authority you've given us, and I thank you for that you would increase the anointing upon our lives, Father, and increase our uh, desire, Father, and our boldness for you, Father in Yeshua's name. And Father, I just thank you, Father, and I praise you that, that you fill every person here to, to overflowing with your Ruach HaKodesh, that you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge in your word, that you stir up the gifts that are within them, Father, that you show them what you have called them to do, and we just come against that enemy of doubt in the name of Yeshua, doubt and fear, you are under our feet. I thank you, Father, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace, power, and a sound mind. And we just praise you and thank you for your word, Father. I know you spoke to your people today because you told me to share this with them, that they needed to know what their authority, what their authority is in Messiah. And that our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in darkness and heavenly places. But they are under our feet in Messiah Yeshua. And we praise you and thank you for it, Father, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Stand up and stretch if you want. And you want to get... Uh, It's okay in this place to praise God and say amen if you agree with something. You know what? It's like we should be making a joyful noise. You should go visit a black church someday. They know how to worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. I mean, yeah. We need to stop being so stiff. Be free of Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your amens. You know Why? Because when you say amen, you're saying, I agree with the word. I agree with the word. I agree. So be it. That's a powerful world. Amen in the, in the Hebrew. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
not the chosen frozen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Oops. Together, the blessing or the fruit of the vine. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Alam Borei Pri Hagafen Amen. Praise our you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Hallelujah. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Alam Hamosi Lachan Mim Haaretz Amen. Praise our you, Lord our God, King of the Universe who brings forth bread from out of the earth. Amen. Again, the ironic blessing. This is God's blessing to you. This is how he told the priest, this is how you are to bless my people. So close your eyes and receive it. V'yarcha Adonai v'yishmerecha Ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'chonecha Ye'seh Adonai p'navelecha v'yaseim l'cha shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May it be so. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, his shalom. In the name of Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua our Messiah, Amen. Hallelujah. I got to get the recording for Shabbat Shalom again. But Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shabbat. Shabbat Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shabbat. Recording because I get too high and I can't. Avinu shalom alechem. Avinu shalom 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 alechem. Avinu shalom alechem. Avinu shalom 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 Yerushalayim. Shalom shalom Yerushalayim. Shalom shalom Yerushalayim. Shalom shalom Yerushalayim. Shalom.
Afterwards, so feel free to Oh, okay. You want to give your sister a welcome pass too? Sure. Well, it's great to see you guys. The Lord really convicted me this last week to realizing the same thing of Shabbat is made for man, and you need to be filled. We're blessed to have you guys here. Thank you. Yeah. Again, unfortunately, we can't stay. It's it's my friend's birthday, but it's okay. But it's good to see you. So you expect you next week then, right? Yes. We'll have we have one more week and then we're gone for our Thanksgiving break. Oh, okay. So, but next week we'll still. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad you listened to the Ruach. Hallelujah. It's important. Amen. <laughs> you know, this is the time where we get built up and strengthened for the rest of the week, and God, you know, blesses us. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for the teaching. Oh, thank you. Nice meeting you too. I hope to see you again too. Yeah. <laughs>